only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Patty McDaniel became the first African-American to win an Oscar for her supporting role as Mammy in the 1939 film, Gone with the Wind. If you don't care what folks says about this family, I do. I have told you and told you. She was brilliant, but her character was a classic Hollywood stereotype, and the film was controversial among blacks. Like so many African-American actors, she had few options to play anything but a servant. Early in her singing and acting career, she worked as a domestic in between jobs and later said, why should I complain about making $7,000 a week playing a maid? If I didn't, I'd be making $7 a week being one. She wanted to be buried at the Hollywood Cemetery near the other famous actors, but when she died in 1952, the cemetery was whites only. Last October, on the anniversary of her funeral, the cemetery's new owners dedicated a memorial to Hattie McDaniel. She's near Douglas Fairbanks, and not too far from Rudolph Valentino. What are the limitations while employing minors? Stay right there. Today's legal alert might just keep you out of trouble with the law. Here's attorney David Gibbs, Jr. of the Christian Law Association. A Christian school comprised of a K-12 academy and a four-year college allows the college students to work on campus to help cover the cost of tuition. The students never receive cash, but they are given an earnings statement at the end of the school year. The school's financial administrator contacted the Christian Law Association for advice concerning how to handle the financial records of 14- and 15-year-old students who work for the school. One of our attorneys explained that the minors should be treated exactly the same as the college students. Our attorney then advised the administrator to remember that minors are limited by federal employment law to less than 18 hours of work per week when school is in session. That's attorney David Gibbs, Jr. of the Christian Law Association. And you can continue today's dialogue by exploring the resources waiting for you at our website, christianlaw.org. You can sign up for our free monthly newsletter or connect with an attorney at christianlaw.org, christianlaw.org. Hi, I'm Gavin DeGraw for RAD, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk drivers. In less time than it takes to play your favorite tune, someone will be killed or injured in an alcohol-related crash. If you party, plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Sad stories make great songs, but happy endings make better lives. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Great party, huh, guys? Yeah, it is. So much fun. Uh I do say so myself. Um, Hey, did you know that birthday parties actually help build confidence in kids? Um, Yeah, I did know that. Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better? Right, of course. Yeah, I knew that. 
Um, did you know that strollers have the right of way on sidewalks? <laughs> oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you know that friendly kids statistically have more friends? <laughs> Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? yeah? Pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Obvious. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? I didn't know that. I think I knew that. No, no, you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
And good morning. This is your early morning gospel program. Morning inspirations on this TGIF Friday. Our morning. Our. Our morning scriptures come from the 29th division of Psalm. Psalm 29. Give unto the Lord, Almighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory. Do unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory of the Lord is thunder. The, the Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedar, yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth and flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wit the, the wilderness the Lord shaketh the wilderness Kadesh, of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds of calf and discoveth the forest. And in his temple doeth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the waters and upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. I've read to you the 29th division of Psalms. The word of God for the people of God.
stations on Sunday mornings at 6am Eastern Time, right here. God, my very life. Now that's total praise. 
Evangelical circles to talk about giving your heart to Jesus. We use this phrase very often, don't we? There's nothing wrong with that. But it is worth noting that this is not the language of the Bible. After all, why should it only be your heart? Welcome to Unlocking the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and Colin. If give your heart to Jesus is not the language of the Bible, what is? <laughs> well, Romans uh, chapter 12: Present your bodies as living sacrifices. So it's very easy when we go down with the heart kind of language to get the idea that being a Christian is essentially about holding a set of beliefs or having a set of experiences and feelings. And it's with our bodies that we are able to act, and that's why it's very significant. Present your bodies, your whole self is to be given into the hands of God in the light of Christ's giving, his whole self for us. We're going to look at what that means in the message today. Well, if you can, join us in Romans chapter 12 as we continue a message entitled, A Life Dedicated to the Gospel. Again, here's Pastor Colin. This is the Gospel. God became man in the person of Jesus. 
embraced our humanity and he offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins. That's Romans chapter 3 and verse 25. The cross demonstrated the love and the justice of God. Chapter 3 and verse 25 says it demonstrated his justice. Chapter 5 and verse 8 that was read earlier says it demonstrates his love. God's love and his justice meet at the cross. If you want to know the extent of God's justice, look at the cross. If you want to know the extent of God's love, look at the cross. Where Jesus became a sacrifice for your sins because this is God's answer to your problem. Second part of the answer. Forgiveness and reconciliation with God. That's Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the question here, you see, is how does what Jesus accomplished on the cross in his sacrificial death actually become effective for you? How does it touch and change your life now and touch and change your eternity forever? How are you to move from the position of knowing that God has a problem with you to being a beneficiary of God's answer that's provided for you in Jesus Christ? And the answer as to how that great transformation takes place can only be in one of two ways. Either you earn it or you receive it as a gift. And that's what Romans chapter 4 is all about. How does this blessing of God that is in and through Jesus Christ become mine, do I have to earn it by what I offer to God, or do I receive it? And Paul goes back to Abraham. And you can read right through this in Romans chapter 4, and he makes the point that Abraham didn't earn his relationship with God. It was a gift that he received as he believed God's promise. Now Paul says, and this is the argument of Romans, it's the same with us. Chapter 5, verse 1, we are justified how by faith. That's how the atonement that Jesus made, the sacrifice of Jesus, is applied to me, not by me earning it, but by me, my receiving it as a gift, and the way in which I receive that gift is through faith. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has a problem with you. God has an answer for you. That answer involves first the sacrificial death of Jesus, which becomes effective for us as we receive this as a gift through faith. That's what Paul means when he says we're justified. And here's the third part of the answer, the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the gospel is more than forgiveness. I would make it a one-off event, wouldn't it? The gospel is the power to live a new life. And those who receive the sacrificial death of Jesus on our behalf and the justification that flows from it by faith also at the same time receive the gift of God's Holy Spirit. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. If anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. You have the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives within you, you come to Christ, you receive the Spirit. Now, this is wonderful, and, and Paul really lays out the implications for us in Romans chapter 8. Because the Holy Spirit of God lives within you, you as a Christian are able to put up a fight against sin. That's Romans 8.13. Because the Holy Spirit of God lives within you, you have the security of knowing that you belong to God's family. That's Romans 8.14. 
Because the Spirit of God already lives within you. God is with you. You may be certain that you will be with him, and you have a glorious future that is already guaranteed. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 23. So God has a problem with you. God has an answer for you. Third, dimension of the gospel. God has a purpose through you. And that really is the theme of Romans chapter 9 to 11. The question really there is, how will the world discover the answer, God's answer, to the human problem? How will the world know about this? That is the subject of Romans chapter 9 to 11. And Paul's argument there in summary, very briefly, is that God started with one man, Abraham. God said to Abraham, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham, here's your purpose. Your life purpose is to bring the blessing of the gospel to the nations of the world. And what was given as a life purpose to Abraham, of course, belongs to his descendants also. It was given to the people of Israel in the Old Testament to be a light to the Gentiles, and that is still God's calling to them. But now, Paul explains in Romans 11, God has grafted Gentiles into this tree that has its root in Abraham. Here's what God has done, is the argument of Romans 11. He has brought believers from all the nations of the world into this great promise that started with Abraham. You are included in it also. And that is why Paul is writing to these European Christians in Rome, you see, they're in Rome. And he writes to these Europeans, and he says to them, Abraham's mission is your mission. What God called him to do, and in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel to do, now belongs to all the people of God from every nationality. They belong to him, and they are children of Abraham by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through you that all the nations of the earth will be blessed, because it is through you that the gospel will come to the world. And so Paul argues, how shall they hear unless? This gospel is preached. Now there's the gospel, Romans 1 to 11. You're listening to Unlocking the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message entitled, A Life Dedicated to the Gospel. Stay tuned. We'll get back to our teaching with Pastor Colin in just a moment. Are you feeling drained? Is your love for others running low? Maybe it's been a while since you felt loved. Hi. I'm Marilyn. I serve at The Orchard alongside Pastor Colin, and I want you to know that there's a place for you in the local church. Every week I see people coming through the doors of the church looking for love. They're not looking for someone to be friendly to them. They're looking for a real friend. And as they listen to God's word, they discover a love that takes them completely by surprise. All they hoped for was that someone, some person, would love them, but they never dreamed of experiencing the love of God himself. The church is God's provision for you. If you don't already have a church where you can hear about and experience the love of the Son of God who took on human flesh and laid down his life for you, well, what are you waiting for? You're listening to Unlocking the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message entitled, A Life Dedicated to the Gospel, the first in a series entitled Sold Out for Christ. Maybe you missed the first broadcast in this series. It's not too late to catch up. Just come to our website unlockingthebible.org, click on Daily Broadcast, and you can listen to each and every broadcast. Again, our website address is unlockingthebible.org. Let's continue the message. 
Again, here's Pastor Colin. How then should we respond to the gospel? The question. May we thank God for it. Our lives and our eternity has been changed by it. The greatest privilege of our lives that folks like us should be swept up in the purpose that God gave to Abraham. What should be our response to the gospel? The question. Accept it? That sounds a little passive to me, doesn't it to you? Accept it? Believe it? Yes. Is that all? Notice how we are to respond to the gospel. Look at our verse, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, you see he's saying, in the light of all this, the gospel, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, that's the gospel in a nutshell, here's what you're to do. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act. Four things, simply and briefly. Number one, it's your body, not your heart. Notice that there. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, it's become popular for some reason in evangelical circles to talk about giving your heart to Jesus. We use this phrase very often, don't we? There's nothing wrong with that. But it is worth noting that this is not the language of the Bible. And uh, usually when we get away from the language of the Bible, we usually end up missing part of the message of the Bible. After all, why should it only be your heart? Giving your heart to Jesus. God wants more than your heart. Not enough to say, hey, his heart was in the right place, which is usually an explanation as to why he didn't actually get anything done. Actually, it's interesting that on this subject, the Bible does not speak about us giving our heart to God. What it does do is it speaks about God giving a new heart to us. And the new heart that he gives to you becomes the source of a new life that you offer to him. Present your body. Because, you see, the body is the capacity to act. All your actions are through your body. The body is about the capacity to act. Not just to think, not just to feel, not just to desire, but to act. That's what the body is about. And the appropriate response to the gospel is not just that you believe it, but that we act. John Stott puts it this way, a proper response to the gospel cannot remain an inward matter of the heart. It must be expressed in concrete actions, ministry, service that advances God's purpose in the world. It makes sense, doesn't it? You see, the challenge for the church is not just what do we believe about the gospel. Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're on the side of the angels there. We've got it right. We believe the gospel. The question and the challenge for us is what will we do with the gospel? challenge. Second, it's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Do you see that in this one very simple verse? It's your body, not your heart. It's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Now, that's significant because dead sacrifices are easy, right? 
I mean, at least they were in the Old Testament. All you had to do to bring a dead sacrifice was find a sheep. And even then, some folks went for one that was not the very best and got into trouble for it. You know, it would cost you something to bring from your flock, but not too much. And once it was done, it was done until the next time. Dead sacrifices are easy. Living sacrifices are hard. The living sacrifice means that you offer everything that you are, everything that you have into the hands of Jesus Christ every day of your life. No term limits, no degrees. An appropriate response to the gospel is that I offer myself to Christ fully for as long as I have life and breath. Living sacrifice. Third, it's together, not alone. Body, not your hearts. Living sacrifice, not a dead one. It's together, not alone. Notice what he says. Present your bodies. Plural. Now, speaking to any individual, you only have one body. I only have one body. And if Paul was talking about an individual response made in the privacy and quietness of your own heart, he would have said, each one of you should present his or her own body as a living sacrifice to God. But that's not what he says. What he does say is present your bodies, plural. So he is obviously talking to the believers at Rome as a group. In other words, he is talking about the church. Which tells us that responding to the gospel is not just an individual thing, it's a church thing. And Paul is calling the congregation at Rome, very simply, to be sold out for Jesus Christ and for his kingdom in the light of the gospel. He's calling them to be more for the gospel. He's challenging this congregation to ask the question, what can we do for the gospel? How can we offer more effectively everything that God has placed into this body and all that we share together for Christ and for his kingdom? What more can we do? And over these next few weeks, we are being asked to consider and to commit to a broader vision for the advance of the gospel through the life of this church. Romans 12. Now look at the gifts and the talents that God has given and gathered together here. Boy, think about the capacity of this body to act. Imagine the capacity of this body to act when fully energized by the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about that capacity for the cause of the gospel being directed outwards in this community, in this great city, and throughout the world as we've been reminded today. body, not your heart. It's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. It's together, not alone. Here's the last thing. It is reasonable, not extreme. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, Paul says, holy and pleasing to God, which is, now the NIV says, your spiritual worship Though it also, if you look there, has a small footnote which references 
a translation followed by other versions which say, your reasonable servant. Now, both translations are legitimate. Reasonable service to me seems more accurate. The Greek word that's used here is logikon, logikon, from which, of course, we get our word logic or logical, hence reasonable. Now, present your bodies as a living sacrifice because this is your reasonable, logical service. What are you saying? It's reasonable, not extreme. Now, remember that a person who does not understand the gospel will always think that a sold-out response is extreme. To give more than 10% of your money, that would sound extreme if you don't get the gospel. To pour yourself into new enterprises and to pursue new frontiers would, would sound extreme if you don't get the gospel. But to those who have grasped the gospel and been grasped by the gospel, a sold-out response is entirely reasonable. I mean, how could it be anything less? One of the wonderful experiences, sometimes they're just little cameos, but the conversations last week out in Hong Kong in his 70s, interim pastor at a church in Discovery Bay in one of the islands of Hong Kong. Come out of retirement for the fifth time in order to serve this church and transition them into a new ministry. Sat with Karen and then with his wife, chatted at length about the way in which God is blessing the ministry wife was strangely silent throughout the entire conversation and then Chuck towards the end said, putting his arm around her shoulder, this lady and I have been married for 53 years and we're getting along just fine. But she struggles with a form of Alzheimer's. So I've had to learn some new things like cooking and cleaning and a whole bunch of other things that I never thought I'd be quite doing like this, but we're getting along just fine. Mid-70s. Coming out of retirement in California for the fifth time. The other side of the world. Transition a church into new ministry. If you don't get the gospel, that's extreme. If your life's been gripped by the gospel, it is entirely reasonable. Some of us, the sense of vision that's been shared before us might sound extreme. I want to suggest to you and ask you to consider this, that in the light of the gospel, it is entirely reasonable. Christ poured out his life as a sacrifice to death on the cross for us. What is a reasonable response except that we should pour out our God-given life back as a living sacrifice into his hands? 
I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Where the whole realm of nature minds that were an offering far too small. Love, so amazing, so divine. And my life, soul. Here's the challenge, Romans 12.1. We should offer to God the full capacity of this body. Act in the power of the Holy Spirit for the advance of the gospel. And in the light of the gospel, I want to suggest that that is the only reasonable thing to do. Pastor Colin Smith here on Unlocking the Bible, really challenging us to recognize that being sold out for God isn't extreme if you have a clear picture of who you are and who God is. But yet, Colin, isn't it true that uh, some people do feel that Christians are extreme and kind of find this hard to understand? You know, Steve, that's exactly how it should be. A Christian's life should puzzle a person who does not believe, provoke questions. Peter says at one point that we should always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within us. Well, the question is, who's asking? Is your life lived in such a way that it raises questions in the mind of an unbelieving kind of a person? That's the way that it ought to be if we are living in a way that is sold out for Jesus Christ. A person wants to know what motivates the kind of life, the kind of joy, the kind of passion that you have as someone who lives for Jesus Christ. And we are able to answer that question. The issue is can we provoke that question by the way that we're living? Well, thanks, Colin. Well, today's message is entitled A Life Dedicated to the Gospel. It's part of a series called Sold Out for Christ and His Kingdom. And if you want to get a copy of this series for yourself, ask about Sold Out when you call us at 1-866-UNLOCKED or come to our website, unlockingthebible.org. When you're at the website, hope you'll connect with us on social media. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can check out our Pinterest page or subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with the video we're producing. Speaking of subscribing, if you've not done so before to the podcast, you'll find links to do that and links to download the Unlocking the Bible app. Both of those are great ways to listen when it's convenient for you. Again, you'll find those links at our website, unlockingthebible.org. Well, I have just a second. I want to remind you, Unlocking the Bible is a listener-supported ministry. We depend on your prayers and your financial generosity to be able to continue to bring you Pastor Collins' teaching. But we want to say thank you for standing with us as a giving partner by sending you Listener Favorites 2015. We've gone back over the past year, and we've tracked the most downloaded and requested messages. And we've taken the top ten and put them together in this special series called Listener Favorites 2015. And we'll send this to you for your financial support this month. Just ask about getting a copy of the series when you call us at 1-866-UNLOCK or when you give your gift through our website at unlockingthebible.org. Well, thanks for doing that, and thanks for listening today. This program is a production of Unlocking the Bible Ministries. You're ready to offer yourself without condition or reservation to Jesus Christ. But how do you know what God wants you to do? Find out what the will of God is on the next Unlocking the Bible. You're listening.
to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
At the highest level of professional football, one skill separates the best from the rest. The ability to make good decisions. Bad decisions lead to interceptions or broken plays. Good decisions win games. Millions watch on TV and decry the poor decision of a highly skilled, highly trained athlete. We are quick to hold our favorite team's quarterback accountable for his decisions. That brings me to a question. Are we just as accountable for our own decisions? This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. The Bible teaches us through stories of imperfect people taking responsibility for their actions. Then, the difference is Christ's forgiveness, which helps us move on today in the high calling of our daily work. For more information, visit ourdailywork.org. And now for the weather. Today's weather brought to you by the American Stroke Association. All across America, it's a clear, beautiful day with temperatures in the 70s and not a drop of rain forecasted. However, it seems African Americans can expect a chance of rain. Oh, and a chance of hail, a chance of multiple Class 5 tornadoes. And if that's not enough, watch out. A chance of a freak meteor shower later this afternoon. The odds are it's going to be very dangerous out there. It's called the odds. And the odds are African Americans suffer almost twice the risk of having a stroke as white Americans. But the forecast doesn't have to be so gloomy. There are steps you can take to help beat the odds. Start by calling one 888 Stroke, or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. You are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
Right now, it's time for our Friday's Funny. This morning, our Friday Funny comes from Kansas uh, Falcon.
we do so to our own detriment and experience much less than he intended. His directions form a pattern that prevents breakage of our lives to help mend the brokenness already present. Listen to me. Trust in his word, then follow his directions. Your life will work. This is Ann Graham Lodge. Paul wrote in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has accomplished his glorious eternal purpose through Christ Jesus. The kingdom of God is advancing in dominion power, and you're on the winning side. God intends for his church to be a forward-looking, forward-thinking, forward-moving force for righteousness. The Church of Jesus Christ isn't just a special interest group. We stand for the best interests of all mankind, and we can't let those who would lead us further into decadence be the only voices in the arena. Together, you and I can become a mighty force for God's kingdom. Your Bible says that after the utter destruction he faced at Ziglag, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Dear partner, you're just about to be encouraged. You must not sit down in despair and defeat. Like he called David, God is calling you to pursue, to overtake, and to recover all. No turning back. No turning back. 
Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart, and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. 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 Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way. There is no other message. For there is no other way. There is no other message. Oh, come to him. Come to the Savior tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to him. And you too will enter into that joy sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? Can I say thanks 
Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better? Right, of course. Yeah, I knew that. Um, did you know that strollers have the right of way on sidewalks? <laughs> oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you know that friendly kids statistically have more friends? <laughs> Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? yeah? Pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Obvious. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? I didn't know that. I think I knew that. No, I didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Inspirations on Sunday mornings at 6am Eastern Time, right here.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.